Welcome back to the Lydia McGrew channel. As I did a couple of weeks ago, I'm going to release two videos today to keep the keep the subtopic somewhat separate. I found that I wanted to say a little bit more about something from two weeks ago about unnecessary clumps created by the authors of the Gospels and Acts. So if you recall, the idea there was that um, Yes, we have places where they needed to disambiguate because there was more than one person by a particular name in a given document. But <clears throat> if they were inventing people, they didn't need to create that problem for themselves. So that would be an additional reason not to invent people with the same name. But if it really just was a common name and that person those people really had that name then the need for disambiguation arises naturally out of those facts so I wanted to give a couple more examples of that that I think are pretty striking um, I was reminded of one of them after I released that video a couple weeks ago in the Gospel of John we find in um, the story of Jesus last meal with the disciples before his crucifixion that they occasionally ask him questions and one of the questions is asked by someone whom John calls Judas not Iscariot. Now it's obvious that John is introducing that that way to distinguish him from Judas Iscariot whom he mentions fairly often. Um, so I'm not alleging that people went around calling this man Judas not Iscariot. Uh, in fact I think it's pretty likely that he is Judas, son of James, as the author of Luke and Acts refers to him in his lists of the Twelve. But at the moment, John just wants to make sure you don't think it was Judas Iscariot. And he just asks this one question about Jesus manifesting himself to the world. And then Jesus answers and the story goes on. Now, um, let's suppose that there was not another apostle of Jesus, another of Jesus' followers named Judas in addition to Judas Iscariot. And um, despite the apparently independent attestation of John and Luke that, you know, they're, they're inventing that guy. Um, and then let's also suppose that John is inventing this question because he wants Jesus to have a chance to say something, you know, like an invented dialogue. Um, why in that case give the speaking part to someone named Judas and then have to go, oh, not Iscariot. Philip asks a question in the course of that farewell meal in John. Um, you know, if he's going to make up something else, he could give it to Philip or he could give it to Thomas, um, who both have uncommon names and there's uh, no one else in the 12 who has those names. But instead, he does this awkward thing. He says, Judas, not Iscariot, asked him. So I think that's a relevant consideration for historicity. Uh, another one that I think is pretty striking. In Acts 1, you have that scene where Peter's telling them, we need to elect a successor for Judas Iscariot because he betrayed Jesus and he's dead. So we need somebody who's been with us throughout Jesus' ministry and can testify to his resurrection. And they <clears throat> picked two candidates, Matthias <clears throat> and a man named Joseph Barsabbas, and then 
the author pauses and says he's also known as Justice. So he literally gives him three names. Joseph, and then Barsabbas, son of Abbas, or son of the Sabbath, or something like that. And then Justice. Justice is an um, unpopular, relatively unpopular name, according to Balcom's list. But Joseph is, is right up there at the top. Moreover, a few chapters later, he's going to talk about Joseph known as Barnabas, and then he just calls him Barnabas for the rest of the time. So if he just said they picked Matthias and Joseph as possibilities and then they cast lots, there might be an ambiguity with Barnabas, you know, and it, since Barnabas is going to uh, fulfill such an important role in the book of Acts, people might naturally say, oh, you know, was Barnabas the other candidate? Um, because he says his name was Joseph, Joseph Barnabas. Joseph, known as Barnabas, the son of consolation. So why would Luke do that and then, like, actually literally invent two additional names? <clears throat> not just Joseph, but Barsabbas, not just Barsabbas, but Justice. If he's, if he's got the name Justice ready to hand and he's going to say that this guy's name was Justice, he could have just called him Justice. He could have said, they chose two candidates, Matthias and Justice, and then just move on. A much better explanation is that Luke really believed that he had good reason to believe that uh, that was this guy's name, the, the second person, that he was Joseph Barsabbas, also known as Justice. And Luke's interested in that, and so he lays it all out, you know, tells him, tells his readers all of this guy's names. So, and, and he, you know, he does that kind of thing, you know, Mary, the mother of John, surnamed Mark. Okay, John Mark, later in the book of Acts. So, again, what we find here is that by using the name Joseph within his own document, he is, cre multiple times, he would be creating an unnecessarily clump or problem for himself in his narrative um, if he is inventing these instances or these persons. Okay, I'm going to stop there, um, and then I'll be back in a few minutes and go on discussing a different aspect of disambiguation, which is more unnecessary disambiguation. So I've uh, added here to the idea of unnecessary clumps, and then I'm going to talk more about unnecessary disambiguations. Back in a moment.